You will be singing a new song of praise soon. What a wonderful thing that will be. A wonderful time that will be. It's good to be with you again. It's been a few weeks since I've been here. It's been uh, uh, been up in Vermont preaching from time to time. And uh, now we're back. And it's, uh, it's good to be with you. Um, I think all of you got a uh, kind of a timeline of, of, uh, uh, of what God has been doing. Um, I gave that to you just so that it would be uh, maybe a little bit of a reference as we, as we hear the word of God this morning. Um, we're not going to go through that whole uh, timeline, obviously, but um, I started this from time to time. If you notice a, a little gap of time between the rapture of the church and, uh, and the uh, seven-year tribulation, well, that's a time when, when Antichrist, of course, will be here and he will sign the covenant with Israel. So I don't know how long that's going to take, do you? So however long it is, that's why there's a little gap there. And uh, those are the, uh, that's the new thing that's in there in this particular timeline. Also, there's a, double gap of time um, referenced in Daniel chapter 12, 30 days and 45 days, sort of added on to, not part of the tribulation period, because that's seven years, we know that, but um, a period of time when, uh, <coughs> when um, that is added to, if you will, or added on to um, after the tribulation period, 30 day 30 days and 45 days, I believe it is. And that's referenced in Daniel chapter 12. And, and what in the world is that for? Why, why, did, why, why do we have those, that gap? Well, frankly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I can guess at it, if you will. Um, certainly that's the time of, of Armageddon, um, right after the tribulation period. Um, it may be the time of the uh, uh, Israel, uh, God judging the Israelites or judging Israel. Certainly, um, it's going to be a time of cleanup. You remember the blood is up to the height of a, of a, of a, of a horse's bridle. Um, and uh, the Old Testament saints uh, resurrected in that time period. So a lot can happen during those, uh, during those little gaps of time. But um, we'll reference it, and I'll just try to, try to give you those um, give you those times as we uh, as we uh, as we get to them as I preach, but uh, we're not going to go through that whole timeline. Just uh, at different points might be a good reference for you, um, uh, and you might use it for uh, for your own um, study, if you will. Maybe you can make some corrections every now and again, and then let me know where they are. Okay. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. It's good to see old faces, good to see familiar faces, good to see new faces. And so, Lord, we thank you. We are a thankful people. You gave your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die. How thankful can we be for that? That we one day will walk those streets of gold, that we will be in glory one day. What a wonderful thing to be thankful for. Father, we ask your blessing even as we look into your word this morning. We thank you for it, for we ask it in Jesus' name. 
One day, one day, maybe soon, the church will be caught away in the rapture. After that, and of course it's on your timeline there, after that you'll, you'll see the, uh, the seven-year tribulation period or Daniel's 70 weeks or the first 69 weeks, if you will, of Daniel's 70 weeks. That will follow. There will be a temple built, I think, in that time or just prior to that time, maybe on the Temple Mount. I would suspect that's where it'll be. Now, no scripture that I have found tells us that there will be a temple during that time. But Daniel 9.27 tells us that there will be sacrifices and oblations during that time. And that can't happen unless there's a temple for the Jews. And so that's why I think a temple will be built. That's what the Western Wall is all about. You see the Jews praying constantly at the wall. Why is that? Why is that? They've longed for a place of worship for so long. Ever since 70 AD when Titus tore down the temple. There are over a thousand prophecies in the word of God. Many of them in the Old Testament dealt with the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened? They missed it. They missed it. They missed the most profound event in all of human history up to that point because of ignorance, because of neglect, because of disobedience to the king of glory. And as a result, what did they do? They crucified him. And they didn't even know it. There are also hundreds of prophecies prophetic passages concerning the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to be looking for that second coming. That's something to be thankful for. He is coming. He is coming. Some people say, well, where is he coming? It's been this way forever. But he is coming. He said he is coming. And there's hundreds of passages concerning his second coming. But you know what? Millions are going to miss it, too, for the very same reason. Disobedience, trampling under feet, under their feet, the blood of Christ. Don't let that happen. The study of the end times has captured the minds of many people. That's what this timeline is about. Most of it has yet to happen. But there's only one authentic source of prophecy. And that's God's word. The Bible. It's where I see. It's where I learn everything about Jesus Christ. It's where I learn everything about our Heavenly Father. No place else. Oh, there's men that have written hundreds and hundreds of commentaries, but this is the book that they all get their information from. And it's the book that we should get our information from. There's only one source of prophecy. 
Moses tells us this about that. The secret things belong to God. But those things which are revealed, and where are they revealed? Right here in the word of God. Those things belong to us and to our children, the scripture says in the book of Deuteronomy. And so for me and for you, the Lord has revealed to us exactly what he wills. And so in light of what's going on in the world today and specifically what's going on in the Middle East today, I'd like to deal with some of the promises of God that he gave to Israel both past, present, and future. The Jews have been here for three millennium. They're the most persecuted people in the face of this planet. And through the centuries, there have been repeated attempts to absolutely annihilate them, to destroy them. From the book of Exodus, Pharaoh, to Haman in the book of Esther, from Hitler to Hezbollah, and it continues even today, even today. They've suffered the horrors of Auschwitz and Treblinka and Birkenau, and on the 7th of this of October, last month, just a few weeks ago, they were attacked again from Gaza by Hamas. They were murdered and they were mutilated. Their women were raped, their children were kidnapped, their infants were cut in half. No people on earth have ever been so persecuted. And yet still, the Jew survives. The Jew survives. Why does he survive? Why does the Jew survive? Why are they still here? You know what? God gave them so much more land in Genesis chapter 15 than they have now. But why are they still here? Because they're God's chosen people. Larger and more powerful nations have come and have gone. But the Jew remains, and he remains because of the clear promises of God. You remember? You remember the Abrahamic covenant? Let me just read a few verses for you. In Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I shall show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. What's that nation? That's Israel. And I will bless thee. Who? Israel. And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Israel shall be a blessing. And we're going to see that as we go down through here. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee in thee. In who? In Israel. Shall all. Here's the key word, boy. And all. And thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. All the families of the earth be blessed. What a promise that is. 
to you and to me. The Gentiles will be blessed because of Israel. Romans speaks of this, and let me share this passage of Scripture with you as we go down through here. In Romans 11, what a passage of Scripture this is. Romans 11, chapter, chapter 11, verses 25 uh, and on. Let me read it to you, if you will. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Lest ye should be wise in your own conceit. Now, here comes the mystery. The blindness in part, or a partial hardness, if you will, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. Until when? Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You'll notice on your timeline at the bottom left hand left side, you'll see what's called the times of the Gentiles. And you'll see its duration on that timeline. So that might give you a reference point with regard to what we're talking about this morning. But God has given to them a partial hardness, a, a blindness, if you will, in part, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. All Israel will be saved. When's that going to happen? When's that going to happen? When is all Israel going to be saved? I would, I would venture a, a, a thought to you that in the midst of the tribulation period, when Antichrist presents his abomination of desolation, that the Jews, in fact, will realize who they crucified 2,000 years hence or before. And from that time on, thousands of Jews will receive Jesus Christ. But let me continue to read this. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion a deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. He shall take away their sins. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they, the Jews, are enemies for your sake. Whose sake? Our sake, the Gentiles' sake. But as touching the election, they, Israel, are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts of God, or the gifts and the calling of God, are without repentance. They're irrevocable. Even so, have these Jews also now not believed. They have been in disobedience, even now, that through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. And in verse 11 of chapter 11, listen to what it says. Have they, Israel, Israel, stumbled that they may fall? Absolutely not. God forbid, the apostle says. Never let it happen, he says. But rather through their fall, through their sin, through their disobedience and their scattering, their dispersion, salvation is come to the Gentiles for you and I. That's why we're saved, because of them, because of them. Let's continue in a word of prayer, if you would. Our Father, we thank you for what has uh, thus 
transpired. We pray, Lord, that you would give us open hearts and minds to the word of God. Help us to understand the things that are going on here. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We certainly appreciate all you have done on our behalf. And so we give you the praise for what you'll do in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Jews have suffered the horrors of terrible things have happened to them. The horrors of the Holocaust, Auschwitz, Treblinka, Birkenau, and on and on it goes. And on October 7th, they were attacked again from Gaza by Hamas, murdered, mutilated, their women raped, their children kidnapped. Over and over and over again. When will it stop? When will it stop? Look at Exodus chapter 6 and verse 1. The word of God says, I have remembered my covenant. So God is going to remember his covenant. He's going to remember what he has said to Israel. I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. I will take you to me for a people and I will be your God. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, I will give it you for an heritage. This is an, a reaffirmation, if you will, of the covenant that he made with Israel a thousand years before. Will you turn with me to uh, Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 41. Let's read a few verses here. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 8 to 12. I'm just going to read partial verses here so we can, I don't want to take up too much piety time. So we'll, uh, verse 8 in chapter 41 of the book of Isaiah. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. And then look at verse 9. I have taken from the ends of the earth, who? Israel, and called them. Look at the, uh, uh, down a little bit further in verse 9. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Verse 10, I am with thee. Verse 10, I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Verse 11, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed. Down a little bit further in verse 11, they that strive with thee shall perish. Verse 12, down at the bottom, they that war against thee shall be as nothing they that war against thee shall be at nothing. When will all of this take place? When will all of this, this, this come about? Well, if you're familiar with God's plan for Israel, you understand that she is living 
during what the Bible calls the times of the Gentiles. And that's on your timesheet there. The times of the Gentiles. A period of time beginning in 605, maybe extending to 586 B.C., when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took Israel captive. This is called the diaspora, or the dispersion of God's children. They were scattered over the face of the earth, the whole earth, because of their disobedience. And this period of time will last right up until the millennial reign of Christ. But until then, until then, Israel will be subject to Gentile influence. That's why they call it the times of the Gentiles. It'll be subject to not only the influence, but the regulation at times, the control, the persuasion. And even as we speak, even as we speak, Gentile aggression, Hamas attacking from the south, Hezbollah from Lebanon in the north, Syria from the east, and this times of the Gentiles will last until Jerusalem is free from Gentile influence and rule, and she receives undisputed sovereignty over the Temple Mount, where her temple shall be built, and all the land that God has promised her shall be theirs. And it's much larger, if you look on a map, it's much larger. If you look in, in, in Genesis chapter 15, you'll see how large uh, that, that, that land mass is. But Israel disobeyed their God over and over and over again. Yes, he promised them. Yes, they are his children. But they were disobedient. They were disobedient. And so we have the promise of dispersal or the promise of their scattering. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 15, the word of God tells us, but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. This passage is speaking about Israel's disobedience to their God and their subsequent punishment because of that disobedience. Note verse 50, 64 in that passage, Deuteronomy 28. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all the people from one end of the earth to the other. This is their scattering. Leviticus chapter 26 pretty much says the same thing. And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then I will walk contrary unto you. And in verse 33, he says, and I will scatter you among the heathen, among the Gentiles. This is Israel. This is God's nation. These are his people. He will not cast them off forever. And so we have the promise of preservation. He's going to preserve his people, even through their difficult times, even through their dispersion, even through their scattering and all of their suffering. 
Leviticus chapter 26 goes on to tell us in verse 44, and yet for all that, for all what? For all their disobedience, for all their disobedience, when they be in the land of their enemies, scattered in the land of the heathen, I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them to destroy them completely or utterly and break my covenant with them. He's not going to break his covenant with Israel. He's going to continue his covenant with Israel. And he says at the end, for I am the Lord thy God. God will preserve his people. Will you turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 31? will preserve his people. Look at verse 35. Thus saith the Lord God, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon and the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves therefore roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. That's who did this. And in verse 36, if those ordinances depart, if the sun and the moon depart, from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. And in verse 37, thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured, can it be? Can it be? And the foundations of the earth searched out beneath. I will also cast off the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. What in the world is God saying here? What is, is the Lord telling us in these passages of Scripture? He's saying, if the sun and the moon and the stars depart, then Israel shall be no more. If anybody can measure the heavens and the earth's foundation, then I will cast off my people Israel. Well, what is he saying? He's saying, I will never do that. I will never do that. They are my people. They will always be my people. They will always be my people. Yes, he will scatter them, but they will always be his people. Preservation of the Jews is, is one of his greatest miracles, if you will. He'll not only preserve them as he promised, but he will return them to their homeland. And so we have another promise of God, the promise of the regathering, if you will, the regathering of Israel or its permanence. Jeremiah 32 goes on to say in verse 37, Behold, I will gather them out of all the countries whither I have driven them. He's going to bring them back for, where, for when he has, 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 has driven them in his anger. And in my fury and in great wrath, I will bring them again unto the place, unto this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. Now, Will you turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 16?
Look at verse 14 with me. We're going to be going to Jeremiah uh, 23 also, but look at verses 14 and 15. We're talking about the regathering of Israel here. We're talking about God bringing his children from the four corners of the earth back to their homeland. And this is what God says about that in verse 14. Therefore, behold, the days come, the days are coming, folks, the Lord that is the, the Lord that that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But that's a but of contrast. So we're not any longer going to be saying the Lord lives that brought up the children out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from the lands whither he had driven them, and I will bring them again unto the land that I gave unto their fathers. In chapter 23 of Jeremiah, let's look there. Jeremiah 23, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, behold, the days come. This, he's, he's telling us the very same thing a second time in the same book. Verse 7. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. He's talking about the Exodus. He's talking about the Exodus there. In verse 8. But the Lord liveth which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all the countries wherein or whither I had driven them and they shall dwell in their own land. Why twice? Why does he mention it twice? Because it's important. And he wants us to know what he's going to do as well. But it's not important just for the Jew, it's important for you and I. This regathering of the children of Israel is their promised land. And this regathering in God's sight is greater in his eyes than the Exodus, than the crossing of the Red Sea, he says then greater than the manna from heaven that he gave, greater than the felling of the walls of Jericho. And dear ones, it has already begun. It has already begun this regathering. I want to read to you something. Maybe you've read this prior before. Maybe somebody else has shared it with you, but I think it's worthy of being told again, if indeed you have heard it. This is a, a editorial in the in the Philadelphia Inquiry back in 1948 on Saturday, May 15, 1948. Listen to what it, what is said. Last night, a nation was born, and the harsh travail was it brought forth amidst the agonies and the terrors of war. It was conceived in the cold courage of men and women, unafraid to die for the cause of a free state in the hallowed land of their ancestors, and its name is Israel. What hardship and bloodshed 
the days ahead hold for this infant nation, we know not. Only We only know that it deserves to live and that those who cherish freedom will not let it die. Israel's enemies rush to mantle her in blood and desolation, even as her flag was raised over Palestinians in battled plains. But we are sure that the Jewish people will tenaciously defend the independence they have at length gained. This is a great historic event, an inspiration to freedom-loving men everywhere. This is Israel. And we in America, whose liberties were gained for us by sacrifice and bloodshed, are proud to salute this newborn democracy. And listen, listen. This was written on one day after Israel was born, on the 14th of May in 1948. Listen to what Isaiah says about that in chapter 66 and verse 8. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall it a nation be born at once? One day she was born again. God will bring his people home. He will bring his children home. This regathering, this regathering is pictured in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37. Turn there, will you? We will try to get through this pretty quickly. In 37, look at verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, 37 verse 1, Ezekiel. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out into the spirit of the Lord, in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. That's a picture of Israel. She appears to be dead, if you will, in verse 1. Look at verse two, uh, 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Down to verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto thee, unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath. I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. This is a promise of life. This is a promise to Israel that God is going to breathe life back into them, eternal life back into them. But look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the, and the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Oh, Israel appears to be, be regathering their skin and their flesh and their sinew on these bones. Israel appears to be gathered together, but there is no life in her. There is no breath in her. And as we move to verse 22, look at that verse. Verse 22 in Ezekiel 37. And I will make them. I will make them, future tense, one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king of, of them all. 
and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Verse 22, we see that this is a prophecy of restoration that is yet to be fulfilled. It is not yet fulfilled. It's a future happening, and it will not be complete until the midst of the tribulation period and further, if you will. But as we read in Ezekiel chapter 38, Ezekiel will be attacked one more time. During the first half of the tribulation, on your, on your timeline sheet, you see that after the rapture of the church and then after that first little gap, you see the tribulation period of seven years and the first three and a half years we're talking about here. During the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, Israel is secure. She has signed a seven-year covenant with the one who they think is their Messiah. Have they not? They did that in the first, before the, the tribulation began. And it's a period of relative peace. The Jews are going to live in unwalled villages and, and they're going to live in quiet and rest. But Ezekiel 38 goes on to tell us that Gog, the land of Magog, Russia, if you will, with the chief princes of Meshach and Tubal, when Persia or Iran, modern-day Iran, or Ethiopia, modern-day Iraq, or Libya or Goma, and the house of Targamah, Syria and Turkey, they will attack Israel, but true to his promise, true to his promise, he will destroy even these invaders so that the earth shall shake at his presence, the word of God says, and he will come against them. Against who? Against all those that come against Israel with pestilence and with blood and with rain upon them with fire and with brimstone. Thus God says, I will magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, those nations that attacked Israel and they shall know that I am the Lord. People, it is then, it is then he will complete his promise in Ezekiel 37, verse 5, he says, I will cause breath to enter into Israel, and she shall live. The scripture tells us in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27, it says and that that, that will take place, that, 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 that breathing life into Israel will take place at exactly the midpoint of the tribulation. And I spoke about this just a little bit earlier. The three and a half year point when Antichrist presents the abomination of desolation in the, in the temple, he demands worship of it and he ceases the sacrifice and the oblations. It is then that they will recognize that they crucified the Christ 2,000 years before and at exactly that time the Jews will know they crucified him and they will begin to receive Jesus Christ by the thousands Ezekiel 39 in verse 22 tells us so the house of Israel shall know shall know 
that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. So, even as we speak, this regathering is continuing. Think about it for a moment. We've been all listening to the news and what's happening over there. Thousands of American-born Jewish young men and women are going home to fight for their nation, for their homeland. God is bringing her sons and her daughters home to protect the land that God promised them back in the book of Genesis. And so, dear ones, even as the nations of the world align themselves, as we align ourselves here in the United States for the end of the age, whether we will fight or oppose Israel, this ought to be a reminder that we're, that we're coming of age, that we're coming to this to the end of the age, if you will, a reminder that the coming of the Lord is near at hand. You remember what the book of Ephesians says in chapter 2 and verse 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Just like Israel, we were dead in trespasses and sin. We, like Israel, also have been made alive as Israel will be made alive. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are his also. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? I assume everybody here does, but I don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. Do you know that for sure? We are living, and I've said this before. I don't know whether I've said it here or not, but I think it bears saying again. We live in a land of pygmies when it comes to national leaders. We have none. I could give you some adjectives if I, if I could, but I won't. We should be concerned that there are so few on our planet, not just here in America, but across the planet. Our nation, nay, our world, is ripe for the deifying of some new Caesar that might bring peace and unity to a crumbling America. Listen to one of the early planners of the European Union. This article was recorded in U.S. News and World Report in 1988. It was spoken of before that, but it was recorded in 1988, 34 years ago. He said this, we don't need another committee. We got too many of them already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people, and to lift us out of this economic morass into which we are seeking. Send us such a man, be he God or be he devil, and we will accept him. We don't care. We don't care anymore. The lack of competent leadership in the United States is significant. And as we enter the end of the age, we see that it's, that it's gaining on us. But after the church is taken out in the rapture, this world will be searching for such a man. And at precisely the right time, and from precisely the right place, that man will come. And his name is Antichrist. And we will be taken out before then 
because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been grafted in because of that blood. You have been grafted into the true vine because of Israel's failure. You have been grafted into the true vine, the root of the vine, Jesus Christ. You have been given the breath of eternal life. You are born again, even as Israel shall be soon in that middle of the tribulation period. So ought we not to get busy serving the Lord? Ought we not to be busy ministering to the lost and giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ, letting them know that he shed his blood for every one of us, including the ones you witness to, the lost ones. I think we should, I think we should, for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're, they're cast in concrete by the Lord. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for Israel. We thank you for how your word talks to us. How it, how it brings us to the truth that you desire for us to hear. Cause us, Lord, to be thankful, to be grateful for that word for we know it's the only place where we can find absolute truth. Lord, be with us even as we end this service and as we enjoy pie and praise. And we'll give you the praise for that because we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name.